Hello, welcome to another episode of HD, a third culture kid. Um, this is a podcast where I, as a third culture kid, share my thoughts, experiences, and conversations. A third culture kid is someone who grew up in a uh, culture that's different from the one that their parents were raised in, and that's me. I was born in Korea, but I moved to Brazil when I was two, and I grew up there, um, attending an American school while growing up in a Korean household, um, and while all while being in a Brazilian culture and environment, and then I moved to the States to uh, attend undergrad. Um, so yeah, this is my podcast, and in this episode, it's going to be a monologue podcast where I just share my thoughts, um, just really with myself, and share a piece of my mind here, um, and specifically, um, my decision to go to law school and being 30s while I'm attending. Um, I can't tell you whether you should go, but I wanted to introduce myself, at least as another data point, um, of someone who is committing to go to law school in their 30s. Um... So a little bit of context about myself. I have committed because I've deferred admissions, but you know I've signed an agreement to attend, um, and I'll be attending Columbia Law School, and um, I'll be in my thirties while I'm attending. Um, um, so I, in my undergrad, studied business, and um, I studied business because it was something that was practical, marketable, um, somewhat challenging as well too, and really it just gave me. Um, literacy in a language and machinery that I knew was a big mover in the world like um what 2009 2008 was the recession right and I didn't quite understand it I didn't quite understand like why the housing bubble and some other factors brought about the disaster that was the recession um why certain scandals and accounting frauds were happening, why they were significant. These were big movers in our society, and I didn't quite understand it, so I wanted to gain some literacy in that as well. Um, So yeah, for all those reasons, I decided to pursue becoming a business major. Um, And then I I said marketable, because it was important for me to find a job after um, graduating, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to attend. Um, sorry, not able to attend. I mean, I wouldn't be able to stay in the States. I needed a company to sponsor uh, me and my stay in the States because I wasn't from the States. So that was important. And then another important component was what was a degree that I thought honestly could also make me a competitive law school applicant. Um, and I thought I could do well in business GPA wise because as I understood it, and I think it's true, Law schools do look at GPAs of law school applicants, um, and I thought I could do well in business, and I did well. So I, in undergrad, again, I was a business major. Um, currently, I'm at a big tech firm, um, and you know I make a good salary. And if it weren't for software engineers, I'd probably be thinking that I'd be and I'm making a lot of money. But uh, nonetheless, I'm doing something that I really enjoy too. So you know, can't complain. But I, I say this as well, not because you know I want to brag or anything, um, but uh, it's more to inform the opportunity cost that I have to weigh, that I had to weigh in deciding and committing to go to law school. Um, so that's where I am right now. Um, and uh, and, uh, and um, kind of a soft trait about myself that explains why I want to go to law school. And I think this is probably the key trait that 
um, kind of helped and really sealed the decision for me was is it's that um, I've always been drawn to and really entranced and just passionate about when I get into this exercise of applying myself and thinking within the fields of in subject matter of injustice and justice. Um, it's, I mean, when I see these things happen, I see the arguments for and arguments against it, when I see it being perpetuated or, or not, I mean, something just sparks in me emotionally. There's like a, yeah, just there's a, there's a unique emotional spark that's brought about by that subject matter that other subject matters don't bring about for me. And um, I, I find that there's meaning in this, especially because it's a subject matter that really affects people's lives. Um, so the fact that there's meaning in this, that I, you know, get viscerally emotional sometimes about this, and it's not like I get like out of control emotional. It's just, I, I just, there's just, I just get fueled by some, a passion that I find myself wanting to channel in a productive and constructive manner. Um, and I think the feel itself is going to be challenging and it's going to be mentally engaging too. So that's going to um, be fun as well. So that's kind of a soft trait of mine that I think explains why I want to go to law school and become a lawyer, or at least be in the field of law. Um, in an area that only becoming or attending law school unlocks for me. You can't become a lawyer without going to law school. At least in the States, that is. Well, that's not true. Apparently, you, I think I, uh, one of my, uh, uh, a friend told me that uh, you can go, you can become a lawyer um, by not going to law school. I think one of the ways is that you can go through an apprenticeship um, with an ex a practicing lawyer or something like that. So there are ways you can be a lawyer without going to law school. Um, yeah. And if you believe in suits, you can fool the entire world that you did go to law school and practice law. But uh, I wonder if that's something like that has actually happened in real life, like at least once. In, in like the centuries that, you know, we've lived in this world or millennia, it probably happened at least once. I'd like to believe that. Anyway, that's, so that's a little bit of context about myself. Um, and now digging into, you know, the decision-making process, like some pros that I perceived about going to law school, um, in my thirties, some cons I perceived. Um, so let's just, I mean, to share a little bit, like one of the perceived pros is that I, I know what I want more now that I'm older, um, in terms of, uh, what gives me satisfaction in the job. Like I know what kind of work-life balance works well for me, uh, what kind of coworkers I work well with, what kind of work really energizes me, um, how important what I, what I find to be meaningful is for me to be motivated in a job. And I just been so I've, been, I've just been exposed to different scenarios and situations with different permutations of factors um, that I think I've gained an understanding of um, a close to optimal situation for me that would maximize my satisfaction. So that's important as I try to, as I guide myself in this journey and I seek out different opportunities and I know what to seek out in different opportunities to be able to find something that suits my happiness and really is conducive of my happiness. So that's pro number one. I just know more, I think, what will, the factors and conditions that will give me the most happiness in a job. Um, two, there's more pressure on me now. I know this can be a con, but for me, I think it's a, uh, it's a pro. It's more a pro than a con because it's going to motivate me 
to work harder too. Like I'm gonna be less distracted because I'm gonna have this pressure telling me that I need to work hard and really capitalize on opportunity. Um, I do have to be careful of this pressure not breaking me because like if I let this pressure really control me, then I might like exhaust myself and I might not enjoy my law school experience as much. So I do have to watch out for that. But overall, you know, as long as I keep it in check, I think I can definitely make it into a pro. So more pressure, meaning more motivation. That's a pro. Um, another pro that I that I thought of was um, I'm just more mature now. And this, um, this relates to what I said about me being older. And I think a lot of the pros and cons, honestly, that I'm going to list is going to have to do with my age. I mean, for crying out loud, my podcast episodes is um, going to law school in my 30s. So the pros and cons are going to be almost necessarily age related um, because that's kind of the analysis that I that I, that I did for myself. Um, so again, back to pro number three, I'm, I'm more mature now. Um, I think this translates into uh, more discipline and an overall better self. Um, I just know more things about myself that uh, bring out a better version in me. What kind of situations might, um, like in what kind of situations, what I have to do to kind of weather it. Um, so for example, like I've done some mindfulness practices, you know, meditation, even gone to therapy. So I have a range of things in my mental toolkit that I can draw from to be able to help me overcome certain things. and. Um, the various situations in life, um, and if not overcome, at least mitigate it, right? So I think with having that life experience and, and that life experience just exposing me to these different life skills is going to serve me well. Um, like even things like diet, like what kind of things should I eat to make me the most cognitively productive? Um, that's uh, yeah, that's going to be important for me as well too. And, you know, I've learned to cook as well, too. Cooking, I think, is going to be an important skill while I'm attending um, law school because it will help me save money. Um, so, yeah, just overall, things, all these different life skills, I think, are just going to make me um, a better law student and a better lawyer as well and prepare me more. So that's um, that's a definite plus. Um, I mean, another pro of why I want to go to law school, even though I'm in my 30s right now, is... I did want to spend some time in New York a little bit. Um, I just have it in my mind that like apart from San Francisco, New York is like the other major city in um, the States. It's like on a complete other side of the coast that seems to have a lot of promises of fun um, opportunities. So I'm at the, at the minimum curious and also you know, beyond the minimum, I'm pretty excited to spend some time in New York. Um, so those are the pros um, of going to law school in my 30s. Um, now, some of the cons. Uh, I mean, I, as I mentioned, and this is going to be a recurring theme because that's the nature of the analysis that I'm doing, but I am older. And that also means I think my cognitive abilities, um, specifically, especially like this sponge absorbency of being able to retain information and engraving things deeply into my memory. Um, it's not going to be as strong as when I was younger. Um, it's probably going to be, I'm probably going to be at a disadvantage in that regard compared to these younger folks. Um, you know, I know LeBron James is, uh, is an anomaly when it comes to like physical 
athleticism. Like I think I read an article saying like at age 36, his biological age for his body seems to be like his late 20s. Um, even though his chronological age is like 36. So it's certainly possible that my cognitive abilities have not declined. Um, but statistically speaking, LeBron James is a once in a generation talent. Um, you know, I, I don't want to sound like uh, I don't have confidence in myself, but just statistically speaking, I'm likely not a once in a generation um, specimen in terms of cognitive youth and just, yeah, cognitive aging. So um, it's probably it's likely that my cognitive abilities have declined, but honestly, I'm not sure how strongly I believe this. I just do think of my memory of certain things are pretty good too. Um, so yeah, but that's, you know, again, statistically speaking, I do think that that might be a disadvantage. And I do think about this from time to time, like, oh man, I do wonder, there's just so much I have to read, so much I probably have to memorize and just retain in my head. I don't know if um, I am as good as I would be in that regard, like in memory and retaining stuff as I would have been if I, if I had been attending school at a younger age. But um, hey, that's just one con in context. And I can certainly try to compensate for it by, um, by working harder. So that's con number one, potential cognitive um, disadvantage in just the area of memory retention. Um, number two, con number two, I'm probably more tired as well, um, I think, than I would have been if I were younger. Like, I feel like I've worked for so long without taking much of a break. Um, and I've worked so hard for that long. Uh, so I think that just there's just mental mileage that's accumulated accumulated on my mind and my brain. It might make me more prone to exhaustion in studying. It's possible. I don't know. Um, I can probably do some reading about this. But that's just a concern of mine. Uh, but who's to say, you know... A, a student coming out of college, um, having studied for so long, is not going to be more tired than I am. I don't know. Um, I don't know exactly. I'm not an expert on mental stamina. So, yeah. But that's just a perceived kind of mind that I might um, might be more tired and I might be more prone to um, mental exhaustion than um, somebody that's younger. Um, but again, I think there's a way to... Not again. But I think there's a way to mitigate this um, just by making sure that I take time off before I go to law school. Like, I don't want to go straight from like working long hours and then go to law school. That's probably a mistake. So I'm definitely going to try to make sure that I take some time off. Um, another con, large opportunity cost. And this is probably the, if, you know, if the two cons that I've just listed are more like, oh yeah, these are cons that I'll have to be mindful of that I think put me at disadvantage. But those aren't cons that really like deter me from going to law school. Um, the opportunity cost part, though, I think that would be an area that would really have me consider deterring myself from going to law school. Um, so, I mean, there's definitely a lot of different uh, costs, like different opportunity costs. But I've broken it down to a few categories, one being like financial other being time, maybe another one being my career. But financial-wise, what I'm foregoing by going to law school is the income that I could have earned in those three years. Um, so like hundreds of thousands of dollars in income that I could have earned in those three years, I will forego by attending law school. 
that is a big chunk because um, I feel like it's like a net swing of like double that value because I'm incurring, I'm not earning zero income during that theory, three years that I'll be attending law school. I'll be in the negative kind of like, I'll be spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars um, while I'm going to law school as opposed to the alternative, which have been being the positive of earning hundreds of thousands of dollars. So that's an opportunity cost. Oh, and for those who don't know what an opportunity cost is, it's like the, the value or the gain that you're foregoing or, um, by pursuing another opportunity. So for example, if I were to, if I decided to play basketball, um, instead of spending time with my girlfriend, the opportunity cost of me going to play basketball is uh, not spending time with my girlfriend um, and, and all the memories and fun that I could have built um, and have had with my girlfriend had I not gone to play basketball. So that would have been my opportunity cost. Um, so yeah, so the, that's the opportunity cost, the, the, the cost um, that I'm, the value that I'm foregoing by attending law school in terms of financial part of it. Um, so another opportunity cost is just a time. I think some life events that I could have had planned for myself is more delayed um, or it's likely to be delayed because of going to law school. Like having children is going to be more difficult in law school. Um, buying a home is probably out of the question while going to law school. How am I, I mean, I'm incurring so much. I'm, I'm incurring not so much, but I'm incurring some debt. I will be able to use some of my savings to pay for law school. But I'm incurring quite some debt um, to go to law school. I won't have enough for a down payment for the house that I would like while attending law school too. So that's delayed, right? So some life, significant life events that somebody would typically like to have at some point in their lives is delayed because I'm going to law school. So I'm losing some time in, in attaining these life events. Um, and another one, a huge one is just a promising career that I might be leaving behind. Um, it's in the certainty of this career. Like, I don't know how good of a lawyer I'm going to be. I don't know what my future as a lawyer is going to be. Or, um, and just this, I don't know what my career is going to be within this field of law too and how, what the outlook of it's going to be. But I have much more of an idea of what my career, where I to stay in it right now is going to look like. Like, I kind of know my career path maybe. I also know that I like what I'm doing. It's quite fulfilling too. I really enjoy it. Um, and the work-life balance is great. I get to do these other things. I like also recording this podcast. Um, so, and, and it's also a comfortable living as well too. So, um, I am foregoing the certainty of a great job. Um, as, and I'm incurring this as an opportunity cost if I go to attend law school. Granted, though, I think I probably can return to my older job um, or my my or this firm or this company after even after attending grad school. So for me, this opportunity cost isn't quite something I'm forgoing. So I don't know if I would classify that as an opportunity cost because I could return to it. So the 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 career itself might not be an opportunity cost because I could get back to it even after attending law school. But the income that I could have been earning those three years, I would definitely forego. That's definitely an opportunity cost that I'd be incurring if I go to law school. And also the, the time part. It's not something that I can recover. I think that's, an, isn't that part of the definition of opportunity cost? Something that you can't recover as well. Like it's, it's, a, it's something that you're foregoing and you can't recover. I feel like it's, there are at least, yeah, that's another condition for you to define it as opportunity cost. 
But anyway, regardless of what the definition is, um, yeah, the career part is just less of a, an opportunity cost for me, maybe because I feel like I, I can return to it even after um, attending and graduating law school. Um, so yeah, these opportunity costs um, are there. Um, I think a lot of the depth of the opportunity costs I'm perceiving is psychological. And it's um, something I'm incurring um, like it's like it's self-incurred psychological cost kind of too, because, you know, if I didn't compare myself maybe to these other law school students, would these other opportunity costs, me being older, not sorry, not, not, not this opportunity cost, um, me just having earned more money, um, me delaying these life events, would they have as, would they, would they kind of stand in such large magnitude for me? Actually, maybe so. It doesn't change the fact that I'm delaying these life events. But in laden in this language of me delaying a life event um, is, is this built-in timeline that is typical maybe um, for someone. So if I use the word typical and I compare myself, I am comparing myself to what is standard and what not to. So some of the size and the magnitude of um, the opportunity cost that I'm perceiving is probably self-incurred. Um, and it's due to comparison. Um, so I have to be aware of that. Um, know that, you know, some of these are just artificially constructed, the size of these costs. Um, and I have to remind myself that really the important comparison is whatever I need to compare myself to my prior self to maximize my happiness going forward um, and to find meaning for myself and do what's fulfilling for me. Um, and I have to remind myself that other success metrics are probably more applicable and important here again what's meaningful for me, what's going to make me the most happy, what's going to reduce my regret um, at my deathbed. You know, when I die, like, what am I going to regret in life? I don't want to reduce that. I don't want to have huge life regrets. Um, so these are probably the more applicable success metrics for me, not like how much money I could have earned in three years or how, how, how early I could have achieved these life events were not for me attending law school. Those are probably not the success metrics and questions I probably want to ask myself um, in how I want to lead my life. So um, got to remind myself of the relevant success metrics here. So those, um, those are the cons. Um, and the end of the verdict for me is um, I have to go. I listed all these pros and cons, you know, it was like really complicated, but no matter how numerous these pros and cons are, um, it is so hard to outweigh, um, just a YOLO factor of it. Like you only live life once. If I were, um, if I really believe in the afterlife or maybe the reincarnation of myself, maybe that'd be different, you know? If I really believed in it, you know, I can try life in different ways. So it wouldn't be as important for me to try something that, and it wouldn't be as important for me to prioritize, like brutally prioritize what I think is the most important things in my life to pursue. And some of those things are like, what is meaningful in my life? What I think will be meaningful in my life. Um, but I don't, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm going to have another life um, or not. So all that's uncertain for me. So what I can do is mostly rely on the certainty that I, that I know I have, and it's at least this life. Um, and I, we shouldn't bank, I'm not going to bank my decisions on the uncertainty of whether there's an afterlife or reincarnation of myself or whatnot too. So 
if I live life only once, um, I want to prioritize what I think I can do in this finite time. And it's doing something that I think will make me feel more fulfilled or I think is more fulfilling than my current job um, and what will mentally engage me um, and will make me happy and passionate about what I'm doing. Like, yes, I'm passionate about what I'm doing right now in my job too, but what will make me more passionate too? You only live life once, right? If you're gonna only live life once too, um, not too, but if you're only gonna live life once, then you need to prioritize the things I, this is what I tell myself when I say you really it's me that I need to prioritize what um, I want to do in this finite timeline. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a must go for me mainly. And a lot of it has to do with YOLO. And I also did some in-depth financial analysis on this. So it's super rough, but I, I calculated that the cost for me to attend law school would be about $622,000. This includes the cost of admission to go to law school um, and some debt interest that I'll probably incur before I pay off my loans and the opportunity cost of me for going the, the income that I could have earned in those three years. It's about, I'd say like $622,000. It could be more, it could be less. Um, but uh, the time horizon of me calculating this this cost of me going to law school is three years because you know law school is three years. Um, so I thought to myself, is the value of me going to law school um, greater than six hundred twenty-two thousand dollars? And the answer to me is like easily yes. Like, how do I like I value my ability to be able to unlock this area of law and justice at more than six hundred twenty-two thousand dollars, more than a million dollars. If anything, if I have to really price it, it's probably gonna be at least like ten million dollars or something, um, something like like that, something that's like really really life changing. I know a million dollars is life changing as well too, but I mean I have to add a premium to this because this is just an area that's gonna I think make me more fulfilled, make me feel more fulfilled. Will really challenge me as well too. Will really engross me in that subject matter, and um, yeah, it's worth more than $622,000, which makes it uh, a net positive um, decision for me. Um, and there's so, and you know, I try to like, as much as you want to quantify the decision and the cost and the value of it, like how do you like quantify the value and the differential value of having a child two years from now compared to like five years from now? Um, how do I account for the potential serendipities of life that can emerge at any time and any moment in my life that could give me tremendous value and happiness? Um, like it could that serendipity could happen like while I'm in law school. How, like, how, you can't price that. There's just so much uncertainty there. Um, so like just the, I don't know. I, I think there's a concept in physics with entropy. Um, and, and and maybe there's a similar parallel to entropy to these serendipities in life too. Um, now I'm kind of out of my element too, but part of me relies on the serendipities of life to also be assured that something good will come out of this too and something worth more than $622,000. Um, that's, that's only a part of it. And like I said, there's many other reasons why I think, um, 
my pursuit of going to law school and this law career is going to be worth more than $622,000. This unlocking of this area in subject matter in a profession that's probably going to make me feel, I really strongly believe that's going to make me feel more fulfilled than I am right now in my current job. And my trust me, my job right now is quite fulfilling already. Um, I talked about being like, like finding something that fulfills me and finding fulfillment in something. And that's like really, really important. And I keep putting numbers and quantifying this as well too, because I think that's, I, I, you know, numbers give me something more tangible to go off of and to help guide me. And I try, only, I try to use numbers here and there where it makes sense too. And sometimes it doesn't, you know, and as I mentioned, like how can you quantify certain things in life? Like so many tangibles in life, but think about it. Um, if you live your life and you work eight hours a day on a job, you're almost spending 33% of your life in the profession. So um, like there's 24 hours in a day, you spend eight hours, that's 33%. Yes, I am, it's like weekday life. So if you count weekends, maybe it's more like 25% of your life, but that's still a significant portion of your life. Um, so if you're gonna spend 25%, 33% of your life on a profession that doesn't make you the most fulfilled in your life, then you, I keep saying you, but really for myself, like that I am like wasting or not, I'm making a suboptimal decision. The optimal decision is to do something that really maximizes my fulfillment, my happiness, my meaning and my passion. And I'm making a suboptimal decision in my life. If I'm choosing to spend 25% of my time in my life on a job, that doesn't bring me the maximum of, uh, of those facets and um, aspects that I just mentioned. Um, it's probably more than the 33 or 25%, especially if you take out sleep during your day, right? You, you can sleep, like I sleep like six to eight hours a day maybe. So like I really have 16 to 18 hours during the waking day. So that's almost like 50% of my life. It's a huge chunk of my life. And it would be a very like, even economically suboptimal decision to spend 50% of my life on something that I don't feel as fulfilled about. Um, and I have a choice in this. And I, I can truly choose if I wanna switch my career or do something else too. So really it's on me. Um, this all is a risk, right? I am, um, you know, I did say there are some certainties here. For me, the certainty is that I have this life right now. Um, and to me that really, strengthens my YOLO mentality that I should decide to like prioritize things in my life that um, allow me to do the things that are most priority for me with this finite life. Um, but also there's this uncertainty I'm going to, of this, uh, there's this uncertainty of what kind of law career, what the outlook of my law career would look like. Um, and it's a risk. Um, it, because I am trading that uncertainty for something that's certain, which is my career right now. Um, and what I know my career brings to my life right now. Um, but, um, you know, risk to me is also synonymous to opportunity. Almost every pursuit of opportunity comes with risk because you are pursuing just the very pursuit of the opportunity comes with risk, I think. Um, and to me, that's a big part of what life is about. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of a thrill seeker. Um, you know, I, I say this out of, based on my experience of like propensity to have wanted to bungee jump, which I did bungee jump, you know, skydive, 
paraglided, did these, did these like um, adrenaline, adrenaline juicing sports and, and endeavors. Um, so I'm kind of am a thrill seeker too, but um, that's what makes life exciting, I think, right? Again, you only live life once, and so you, so I have, I have the choice to know or decide like how I want to spend this one particular life, and I would like to live it in a exciting manner. Sure, I don't want to like risk everything, but I, you know, I want to add as much as I can excitement to it. Um. So yeah. That's kind of my decision-making process behind uh, going to law school, um, and I'm in, I'm excited to attend uh, Columbia Law School next year. All right, so that's just a little bit a uh, piece of my mind. Please um, just treat this as the story and thought process behind one decision maker in going to law school in their 30s. If this helps you, great. If it doesn't. That's okay as well, too. Um, Thanks for listening, guys. See you guys in the next episode.